I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Jumped on with the weekly rubdown boys to do a deep dive into each and every team heading into season 2022 from a draft supercoach analysis point of view. Uh, we went through four teams in instalment one here. We went through the Brisbane Broncos, the Canberra Raiders, the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Cronulla Sharks. We will go through all the teams in four different instalments, so stay tuned for those. But for now, I'm going to launch into those four teams. This podcast is available on the weekly rubdown on their podcast as well. So if you are listening to this right now, turn it off. Go and listen to the weekly rubdown. Go and listen to their support. The boys are putting out some great content. If you're playing Supercoach Draft this year, you need to be listening to the rubdown, boys. If you're playing Supercoach but you're not playing Draft, in my opinion, you're missing out on a great time in which you need to play Draft and then you need to follow the weekly rubdown. They're putting out the best content in the Supercoach Draft game, in my opinion. As I said, go and listen to it on the boys' platform now. Subscribe to them. Follow what they're doing. But for now, let's kick off the podcast. Yeah, g'day Rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the Supercoach Black Book. I'm your host Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the rub, is the stats wizard himself, with the Weasel. And we've also got the big man back again to take the tough hit-ups out of our own 20, uh, the Rubdown's BFF Rugby League Guru. What's going on, mate? Not too much, mate. Uh, counting down, I think it's a few hours uh, from when we're recording until Supercoach officially opens, so I'll be uh, getting stuck into that overnight. Can't wait. How good. The the stinker tinkers start where you're just fucking on the shitter for two, three hours. The missus is yelling at you, what the fuck are you doing in there? You're putting blokes in your side. You, you're messing with your pre-draft list. I mean, it's heaven, baby. It's heaven. Look at what's going on. I'm waiting with bated breath to start because I can't wait to have another season of disappointment. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yes. Just stinging to choke again in the finals, are we? Exactly, exactly. I put myself on the on the dance floor and um, I just the habitual, um, yeah, choker. Yep, yep. They come with the choker hunters. You're good. You're choking yeah. a lot of things, mate, not just, uh, not just super coach wins. Anyway, boys, let's uh, crack them if you got them. Oh, fuck you, man. Uh, now I'm coming off one of the all-time booziest lunches I've ever been to on Saturday. Boozy lunch that turned into an absolute fucking session. I'm I'm, I'm about sixty percent still today. I I'm pretty rough. That versus sip of beer was rough. So, there it's old mate. Yeah, I, it is VB. It does taste fantastic. I give I give it up too. Oh, get out of it. <laughs> Righto. So this podcast, this rub, is going to be very vibey, very eyes-up type rubbing. We'll go through each team, talk about their super coach output for 22. We'll cover the big gains, the off-contract players. Now, Wook and I are really big on off-contract players. They're playing for the moolah. They're playing for job security for their families. They generally rip in when it's an off-contract year, which translates really nicely into super coach points. 
Guru, you might be able to help us with um, some lineup questions and the way that teams are going to line up as in left and right and stuff like that. So I'll throw to you with, with some questions to do with lineups. Uh, we'll talk about Supercoach stacks um, and then we'll fucking put all that in to uh, one big nice pile and try and write down some names in our Supercoach black book. And these are the players that should be guys that you can get relatively late in your draft. Value guys or your sleepers, guys that are going to, you know, pick up round 8, 9, 10 plus, um, but their value is going to be somewhere around that, you know, round 3, 4, 5, 6. That's what we're always after. I mean, it's it's really nice to start talking about all the guns and how they're going to average 90, 100 plus, but really the value for draft is trying to pick up these guys. Is it all right? That's First one and loss, mate. Right there. It's all That's about value. So first up, I want to talk about the stacking strategy. Now, not a strategy I've had to use too much in the past. I'm good enough without it. But um, for blokes like Wooker who need all the fucking help they can get, all the strategies and tools in the toolbox they need to get a win in the finals, it can be helpful. Now, last year I had a really good stack in DCE and Garrick. Um, you that said was you didn't more... need to use it. No, no, well, I just had that. Oh, anyway. oh I see, I see. So that was my superpower sure. against the turbo owner. Um, but this is really big in NFL fantasy, the stacking. They talk a lot about it on fantasy uh, NFL fantasy podcast, but I've heard you talk about it a lot, Guru. And now, is this because you're in a 16-team league? And I'm guessing, like, if you can get a nice stack that works out for you, maybe in your finals, this could be the difference between winning and losing a comp. Mate, that might be my favourite sentence from you ever. I've never really stacked, but here's the stack that won me the fucking competition this year. Are you kidding? <laughs> That stack just fell into my lap. It really, I didn't really try and do it. Like hey, CC is so fucking hard. That was that was not by accident. <sighs> now, 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 Walker. Jealousy is a curse. You are such a bullshit. Jealousy is a curse, off. mate. You'll get there one day. Just keep trying. Just keep plodding along. Now, Guru, talk to me about stacks. Yeah, look, especially in a competition like mine, a, a deep one, where, when you're talking a 14, 16-man uh, league, your stacks can be really important. And, you know, guys that you take in the early rounds, you know, I'm probably looking at, you know, if you end up with a late, uh, you know, a late round one pick, um, you know, the guys you end up taking, they're probably not enough to counter a Tom Trevojevic, a James Tedesco, these sort of guys on their own. So I, I find it as a really big positive to try and get someone along with them. So, you know, quite often if, if I've got a halfback, I will try and get either the centre that plays on their edge, hopefully the back rower that plays on their edge. If I end up with, you know, for example, last year, I uh, I went pretty early on Katoni Stag, so I made sure that I got myself Jermaine Asako. That obviously didn't play out um, as I expected by the back end of the season. But the year before that, um, I had in my team Jerome Luai... Viliami kick out and Stephen Crichton. So I had the entire left edge for the Penrith yeah, Panthers right. outside of Brian Toto. And I mean, the Panthers, I think they lost two games of football all year or whatever. One was the grand final, which didn't impact me. So they only lost one game of football. That left edge was absolutely humming. Uh, so like, it just, it took me so far. It was just a matter of picking which one based on the week, um, you know, and there were some weeks where I, you know, I just thought, you know, I, I can just go elsewhere and just leave that stack. It's worth two, 300 points. Uh, and, you know, it's it straight away, when it, if the Penrith Panthers played early in the week, it, like I knew exactly where I was at. I knew if I was going to score 800 or 600. And I, I think that's such a huge advantage to have. And that's, that's a pretty extreme example, obviously. Um, but stacking, you know, halfbacks and second rowers or, or, you know, wingers and centers, like, fuck, it can, it can make a huge difference, you know, on the weekends that it goes well. You're obviously not going to try and stack teams that are, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel. You want to try and stack your top sides, you know, your Melbournes, your Penrith, your Sydney Roosters, these sort of sides. But it can really separate you. As you said, you know, that, that Manly combo, I, I think we said it on a podcast a few weeks ago, if... If by some form of fucking miracle, if you're in a short league and someone can manage to get Turbo and Garrick, you can't let them do it. No, yeah. it's it's early doors. Yeah. It really is. Um, and of course, like last year, um, it was relatively easy to get a DCE and Garrick stack because in a lot of leagues, Garrick was dropped to waivers. Yeah. You know, after two or three rounds, so pretty hard to do it in uh, 2022. But 
I guess it turns it turns a really good weekend into a fucking fantastic weekend, doesn't yep. it? If you um if your stack comes really together like you're talking about, it does, especially with you know that left edge potency for the Panthers, or you know we'll talk about the Broncos and how their right edge might be a little bit potent. But Booker, you'll be chiming in here and giving us a real stat based look at some stacks for the for the finals round twenty one to twenty four. Yeah. Sure. And look, a lot of it's going to come down to teams that have good strength of schedules just overall. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's teams with just good stacks regardless. And like the Roosters have a number of different stack options that you could go. The Dogs have, have come up as like a real good option for stacks as well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go through and we'll, we'll throw out a few options as, as we go through. All right, boys. Well, sounds good. Let's get into our first team and it's Walker's beloved Brisbane Broncos. So the Broncos have bought well. Obviously, they've got two big games in Adam Reynolds and uh, Kurt Capewell. Also, some fringe players like Brenko Lee, Jordan Pereira, which I'm huge on. I'd love to see this guy get a start. Ryan James and Billy Walters, both on one-year contracts. Some guys that are off contract, Herbie Farmworth. Now, if you guys have listened to us in the off-season, we were all over Herbie Farmworth's dick. I still am, even more so now that I know he's uh, off contract. And I was listening to a podcast that you were doing, Guru, and talking about uh, there has been whispers and his management has been looking for for him to, um, you know, maybe move on to another team and, you know, play for a better contract or a higher-priced contract. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure that the Dolphins are sniffing around there, and I know he's got overseas mm-hmm. interest. I think that there will be a number of Broncos that will end up at the Dolphins. I think Jermaine Osako will be one of three or four. Um, names that you mentioned, Jordan Piera, Branko Lee, Corey Oates, all these guys that have seemingly fallen out of favour, they could end up there. I'm pretty confident Corey Oates will end up there with Wayne Bennett. Um, yep. You know, the loser out of Albert Kelly, Tyson Gamble, Billy Walters, probably not Billy Walters, Wayne Bennett isn't his father, so he'll probably stay at Brisbane, but... The loser of Albert Kelly, Tyson Gamble, I wouldn't be shocked if they end up there. I'd be keeping an eye on Tamara Martin. Um, yeah, and they, they've got a number of really good young guys. You've obviously got, you know, guys like Cobo, Tessa, Tessie New. You've got this Ezra Mam. I can't see them letting go of him. So I think there's a few guys here that could be playing for uh, a contract at the Dolphins, to be honest with you, mate, which is exciting super coach-wise. 100%. And you did mention uh, a guy that I'm really big on uh, for Supercoach. That's Albert Kelly. Now, we don't know whether he's going to win the six, but if he gets the six on his back, I really like him. A guy that's going to be playing for money, playing for his next big contract. He's older, so maybe he's playing for a one-year contract or a two-year contract to see him out for his career. But I really like him. Mentioned Herbie Farnworth. Um, look, who excites you here from the Broncos that you, you think you could get late in your draft? I mean, there's a few that you'll probably get late. You might have to take a bit of a punt on um, one of the backs. So I, I do like Cobo um, if he gets that spot. He's obviously fighting it out with Osako. Um, Osako's stocks will drop a fair bit because they, they now have a premier goal kicker that they don't necessarily need to um, to carry him. Um, mind you, he's a, he's a great winger. He's a terrible fullback. But... Um, um, looking through, one of the ones that I'm really interested in and I thought he was a really good pickup was Ryan James. Um, I think he's going to add a bit of um, a bit of go forward. He's a noted try, try scorer, loves, the, um, loves a bit of hard work, played really well at, at the Cows, I mean, the, um, the Raiders when he went there and then um, again with the Dogs when he did the mid-season switch. Look, I, th- I think if he can cement a spot, um, he's, def- he's definitely going to go over 50. They are pretty flush with forward options, um, but obviously with Flegler out um, in the first round or two, um, might give him a bit of an opportunity to cement a spot, at least in the 17, and then he can make his case moving forward. It might be a nice little bench stash there. The guy Mm. that I'm really interested in, and look, I'll get you to confirm this, Guru, but with the left and right edge, I've heard you say that, you know, Capewell is going to be running off the left edge and uh, Pretty Ricky's going to be on the right. Is that correct? Yeah, that's how it stands at the moment at Brisbane Training. Yeah. Okay, I love Pretty Ricky then. I love whoever's running off Adam Reynolds' hip, to be honest. And if you go through 
Jordan Ricky's stats, I mean, he's got a pretty healthy average with only scoring three tries. Now, for 2022, I think he can chuck on another five tries there, and that's been pretty conservative on that right edge. I think Staggs is going to suck in a lot of attention from defences, and it might leave uh, Jordan Ricky with a bit of space there to run close to the line. What do we think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's played most of his, um, his footy on that right edge anyway, so there's no real adjustment for him. So I think, yeah... Definitely one I'm, I'm looking at. Um, the, the stack options on that right side are pretty heavy. Yeah, nice. Well, talking of stack options, Guru, where are you stacking out of this this Broncos side, if yeah. at all? Yeah, there's a few options here. Just with the Broncos, some name you mentioned there, Jermaine Osako, I would be putting the red Sharpie through him. Um, I think there's a really good chance he's played his last game for the Broncos, to be honest with you. I think that he found himself on the yeah. outer Last year, now that he's leaving, I just I can't see him getting much football. I've always been a big fan of him. He's a good super coach player. He'll be a guy that I'll be keen on when he arrives at the Dolphins. Uh, you know, without knowing who else they're going to sign, it's going to be a good knock to get a better goal kicker than him. Uh, but this year, I just I can't go near him as much as I like him. The the stack option, you know, obviously Jordan Ricky will do well. I think that that Stags and Selwyn Cobo one that's a special one. You need to keep in mind, and only because I had them last year, Tessie New is a run-first footballer. He's not a pass footballer. Uh, so that can be the only frustrating thing. But I'm just hoping that the fact that they've got Adam Reynolds, he is such a premium half. He understands you know, where the ball needs to be. We've seen it at South Sydney for a long time. He understands the ball needs to be in the hands of uh, one of Tony Staggs or Selwyn. So hopefully that overrides it. But that is something you need to be aware of with Tessie New. Uh, that he definitely is a run-first footballer, which is my only worry there. Yeah, I do. It's pretty much for me. It's it's the Adam Reynolds Ricky combo or the Stags combo um, combo for me. Is there any um, statistical stacks uh, for your finals, Walker? That the Broncos have or no? Yeah, the main one that kind of stands out, like the the strength of schedule overall, is pretty terrible for the Broncos. But the two that do stand out is the right wing. Um, which is we're thinking is Cobbo and the right to RF, which is pretty Ricky. So yeah, okay. they got the third and fourth best strength of schedule um, over that period. The rest of the team is below eight um, across all the different positions. So statistically, you'd be able to get those two fairly cheap as well. So it, it's a good um, back end of the, um, the draft um, stack option. Because yeah. guys, guys, guys like Stags, he's going to come at a premium, but you obviously know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, Stags, where do we think Stags goes? Everyone loves Stags. Everyone's all over his dick. Um, and I, I don't think we'll find value in our drafts or, or, or many drafts. Um, when, where do you think he, he lands? Round four ish, something around there. Round three, maybe in some leagues. Yeah, I definitely think he could go round three in some leagues. To be honest with you, and I mean, in deep leagues, you know, in in a in a sixteen man league, I mean. Would it really shock anyone that much if Katoni Staggs, if he plays a full season, if he ends up in the top 30 players? Like, you, you might, if he has a good enough season, he stays on the field the whole time and the Broncos click, like, round three, round four, it could actually turn out to be a bit of value for Katoni, but there is obviously risk there. He has been injury plagued the last few seasons, but uh, yeah, he's a guy that you, you're definitely going to have to uh, pay your fair whack of coin to be able to get your paws on him. I think so. You're not going to get him for on the cheap as you would have probably last season, definitely the season before. But out of those two seasons, we would have what got ten games out of him in total across two seasons. It's I'm I'm worried. I'm a huge believer in him. It's just that injury record has just got me a little bit scared. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's the Broncos. Anything else you want to add um, for them, guys? Yeah, I would just say as well, they're a decent team that if you get to round 16, round 17, when you're picking reserves, I think that's a really good time to look at a Branko Lee, look at a Jordan Piera. I think they're only one injury away from getting a spot. If a back gets a season-ending injury there, uh, I mean, I think there's a good chance that a Piera or a Branko could end up on the left wing, to be honest with you. I think that Corey Oates has fallen out of favour a little bit there over the last few years, and especially a Piera. I think he could really right. come out of nowhere. I know that Nutty mentioned him earlier. He's he's a gun, isn't he? Yeah, oh, mate. If he, if he can just get a gig, he, he is a, a base stat monster in Supercoach. And, um, you know, as much as you would rather him be on the right side, and, I mean, 
But this this is the beauty of it as well that if you know if the fullback goes down or he falls out of form, I mean, I the, I think that would push Selwyn Cobbo back there. All of a sudden, one of the best real estate spots in rugby league opens up, and if you've got a Piera playing outside Katoni, could honestly have a sixty-five point CTW there. Someone that you picked up on your bench as well. Yeah. He's 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 of that tall mold where he's like he's strong. Um, his lower limbs are huge. Good center of gravity. Can bump a tackle. Loves the tough stuff. Yeah, like if this kid gets a fucking break, he'll kill it. He will kill it. And I think one of the other guys that we didn't really touch on too much is Tamara Martin. He's. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he is definitely one. And you, you touched on it when we've spoken in the past, Guru. Like he's a phenomenal talent, which we know. And mate, he scored the only try that um, the cow scored in the grand final. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to have a chance this season. He's not going to start the season off, but I think he's going to be there or thereabouts, and surely he's going to get a chance at some point. The, the other guy that I would just mention that I, I, a lot of people have asked me about him when it comes to draft, I'm not overly keen on him. I think he's a really good footballer. Is Kobe Hetherington? I've had a few mm. people ask me, tell yeah. me, oh, I think he's going to have a big year, and you know what? Oh, I think he will have a big year, but super coach wise. I mean, his PPM is 0.87, which isn't bad. I just, I'm really worried that when it comes to that 5.8 spot, if you're going to have Albert Kelly in the team, I think he has to be in Jersey 6. I I don't see the point in carrying Albert Kelly as a 14. And for that reason, I think there's a good chance that Tyson Gamble Gamble ends up in 14. And I think it'll eat minutes away from Kobe Hetherington at 13. So I'm just... I think Kobe's a really good footballer, but super coach wise I just think there's too many mouths to feed and they're trying to fit too many guys into this team, and I think that he could suffer off the back of it. I feel like that gamble at 14 is a fantastic play. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to have him at six, you have him at 14 because he can come on, he can inject a little bit of excitement, a little bit of, you know, let's fucking get out for the boys. Energy, yeah, yeah. And that's what he's about. That's literally 90% of his talent comes from enthusiasm. The other guy I would say is a little stash is this Ezra Mam. Now, mm. I I don't think we will see much of him this year, but if they have a couple of injuries and this kid somehow ends up landing there, um, I think that against some of the bottom eight teams, he could do some serious fucking damage. So he's one to keep an eye on. I, I don't know if I draft him. He could be a good little you know, 17 and just watch trials, see what happens. But he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And if you see injuries happening at Brisbane, uh, one to keep an eye on on your waiver wire week to week, I think. His name keeps popping up um, when you sort of scroll through Twitter and, and, you know, like people are keeping an eye on on Broncos training. So he's there or thereabouts, that's for sure. Like um, he's an interesting one, someone you could probably put on your bench just for a a late play. And uh, if it all comes to fruition, then fuck, you're a genius. Yeah, I believe the other day he won their 40-metre dash uh, for the entire club. He his, his Queensland Cup stats were very impressive too. It was like 10 games for 10 tries. Um, he, he was very impressive in Queensland Cup, so he's definitely one uh, to keep an eye on. He, uh, he could quite easily be uh, like when Benny Barber burst onto the scene coming off the bench for Brisbane. And I think in the modern game with these rules... You know, he might only need 30 or 40 minutes to bump out 50 or 60. It's not going to be consistent, but I think matchup-wise, you could get some value out of uh, this guy as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely a name to put in the black book, 100%. All right, boys, let's get into the Raiders. So first, let's talk about the lineup here a little bit, and I'll throw some questions at you, Guru, first. Now, what do we think is going on with the pack? Again, there's plenty of mouths to feed here. Do we think that Adam Elliott starts at 13, Hudson Young on the edge, Elliott Whitehead at the edge, and then, you know, you've got CHN on the bench with Ryan Sutton? Or does Ryan Sutton start at 13? How do you see this pack sort of coming on to to start round one? Uh, I see Adam Elliott in the 13. Um, I know from talking to Adam a few weeks ago, he wants to play 13. That's where he wants to be. In my opinion, it's where he should have been his entire fucking career. Canterbury just don't know their head from their ass. Elliott Whitehead, he's obviously got the left edge locked in. Then on the right edge, you're either going to go with Hudson or CHN. I, I'm not sure which way. I honestly think it depends on who's pissing Ricky Stewart off less uh, that week, realistically, between those two. Uh, the other one will come yeah. off the bench and do a good job. I, I think I've got Joey Tapanay coming off the bench. I think it'll be great impact. 
Uh, I mean, if you've got Tapanay and CHN off the bench with Tom Starling and then, uh, you know, whether it's Guler or, Dangerous. Was, you know, whoever it is, it's it's one hell of a fucking pack. Um, but, yeah, I think Adam Elliott, I know everyone's talking about the halfback Fogarty and I think he's a good signing, but I, I honestly think Adam Elliott could prove to be uh, a signing there, to be honest with you. Personally, I think, look, for Supercoach-wise, Adam Elliott needs big minutes. Like, he needs that sort of 70-plus to be uh, relevant. I mean, he can probably scrape together a 50 to 55 average if he's playing that sort of minutes with the PPM that he does have. So the problem with Elliot is he came on the scene last year and he had some big scores, which I think people will fall into that trap. Um, I'm going to let him slide um, in, in the drafts, but the guy that I'm really interested in is Hudson Young, if he can get minutes on that edge. I know he'll probably be sharing some time with CHN, but, mate, this kid is a weapon. Can I just, before I agree with you on that one, just before we move off Adam Elliott, though, just, you know, at the start of 2020, he was playing 13. The Canterbury Bulldogs finally used him properly. Um, uh, Since then, he had injuries. He's sleeping with people. He's fucking shit in the bed as much as you possibly could. But just in the first eight weeks of season 2020 when he was playing 13 he had one game that he played 12 minutes and he got a score of 14 outside of that he went 44 78 78 56 91 69 59 with a base of 45 um you know average 61 points across that span including the game where he only scored 14 points so i I think he's got a little bit more upside than what people are giving him credit for in that time he only averaged 58 minutes. That includes, obviously, a game where he, uh, he only played 14 minutes. But, mate, I, I reckon if he can get 55 minutes I, with with a bit more, in a, in a probably a better attack, or definitely a better attacking side now, I, I think he can push into 60-65, to be honest with you. Yeah, wow. Right. I'll, mate, I'll let you take him, to be honest. But I can see the merit there when you go back and you look at the 2020 stats. But it wasn't. I mean, obviously he was playing on the edge, and that was the wrong way to use him for the for the Bulldogs. But I'm worried about the minute share there, and I'm to be honest, I'm worried about the minute share with all of those forwards. And it's almost like I just don't want any Raiders forwards, um, yeah. unless I'm getting them for really high value towards the back end of the draft. The minute share for me is is a big worry. I mean, you talk about Joey Tapanay. He's probably one that I would go just because he has so much upside when he does play. Like, he could play 45 minutes and get an 80 score piece of piss. Yeah. I mean, the, problem, the real problem that you got is you got five positions, five starting positions, and he probably got... I would say best of nine players that could easily fill those positions and three of those um, are going to be on the bench. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of time missing. You're going to have Papali commanding minutes. You're going to have Elliot Whitehead um, playing most, pretty much all of the game. I I just don't know where all of the, all the minutes, the minutes that we need going to be coming to the Hudson. The one guy you don't want to play big minutes um, is going to play the 80 minutes, which is Elliot Whitehead. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to suck up all that time. And then obviously the guys that are really super coach, their, their game is really super coach friendly, like Hudson Young and CHN and Joey Tapanay. They're the ones that are going to sort of miss out here with minutes. But it'd, um, be good, it'd be a good one to punch, I reckon, having Whitehead taking the sting out of the game in the first 25 minutes. You have CHN coming on just before half time. But. I'm sure Sticky, Sticky, well, he obviously knows what he's doing, but mate, he's a he's a super coach killer. That's all. I oh, so oh, for real life, like this pack is fucking unbelievable, sexy, as hell. sexy mm. as hell. They've got they've got size, they've got mobility, they've got skill. I mean, yeah, it it this whole team, to be honest, and we're now we're touching the backs because there's question marks around the backs as well. Do we think Guru that we have Rapana and Kotrick on the wings? Um, and Croker and Sebastian Chris at centers. Yeah, I I think so. But mate, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm I, the longer the closer this season gets, the more I think that Jared Croker. I know it sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does miss, mate. With the amount of centers they've got there in Matty Tomoko, um, in Harley Smith Shields, I just I uh, 
I, I it's the smart play to oh, let him go. Mate, to, I, be, I, to be fair, yeah. I, I, I but the, the 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 thing is, he's got another year on his contract, then he's got another year in his favour. So that's a million dollars essentially that's sitting there for Jared Croker. So it's an awkward situation. But mate, like if Sebastian, Chris, Harley Smith, Shields, or Matty Tomoko played the oh. way that Jared Croker did last year, they wouldn't be yeah. at the club anymore. No, hundred percent. And those three guys that you mentioned, you know, we're obviously talking about guys you want to whack in your, your black book, whack them in there, all three of them, because whoever gets spots in this back line for the Raiders out of those three players, I'm interested for super coach. Yeah. Xavier Savage is another one too that can't get a spot yep. in this team. So there's yeah. crazy. There's, there's been talk of there's been talk of like him actually training up against um, CMK. He's obviously not going to get the spot to start the season, but look, you never know. There's been a lot of talk about CNK playing centre, which I just can't wow. imagine a it's, world it's a that I live waste. in with CNK playing centre. But uh, I've heard it a few times now. I, I find it hard to believe, but fuck, <sighs> rugby league, stranger things have happened. That's true. What about, here's a fucking impossible question to answer, Guru. What edge does Rapana play and what edge does Kotrick play? Uh, I think Kotrick will play left. I think Rapana will play right. Um, that is vibe and vibe alone off the dome. Oh, Wait, yeah. like, the amount of times that I picked, I picked Jordan Rapana last year as anytime try scorer, thinking he was going to be on a certain edge, and then he fucking starts and he's on the he's other side. up on the left, yeah. And then you watch him play, <laughs> and it's like he's playing fucking back row slash hooker. Just all over the place. Oh. <laughs> Mate, bullshit. Um, yeah, so I think for guys that win a whack in the black book, I think it's these these centers. These guys that, you know, if Jerry Croker does get the tap on the shoulder and it opens up, now you've got two spots there. I like any one of those names that you, you mentioned, Guru. Sebastian Chris, he's a big body. He looked really good last year. Tomoko, another one of these Jordan Pereira to builds where just tackle-busting machines... HSS is a fucking weapon. Savage is unbelievable. And I mean, the talent they've got in these kids is, is crazy. I've got no idea. You keep throwing that name around. Is yeah, he still playing? He, he's, he's still there, but fuck mate. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the red Sharpie through him. It's been, he's yeah, been, he's had so many years now, mate. Fuck. I'll tell you what I, um, the other day I got like a memory come up and it was one of my first ever guru posts from, the end of 2018, and it was pumping up the tyres of Hopawade, and it said last year was meant to be the year, but I think this one will be the year, and that was fucking four years ago. <laughs> Did you just um, re- recycle that post every year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use one of those ageing apps every year just to change him a touch. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like 20 years old, though. Like, yeah, it's... it's- I hope, I hope this is his season. I don't think it is, though. But, mate, no, fuck, not, with so the, many... not with the blokes here ahead exactly. of him. Exactly. No, no. And this is where, similar to the Broncos side, if you get to pick 16, 17, and there's no one on the board that interests you in a deep league, grab one of these young Canberra centres, see what happens. 100%. I, I, I back that. I back that. I will most likely fill one of my bench spots with one of these Raiders backs, just yeah. because I think, I don't care who it is, but... One of them's going to go big this season. I just got a, I got a feeling. I think it's going to be Croker though. Yeah, it's it was hard because obviously they they obviously want to you know he's paid his dues. They want to you know respect him as the player and the Raiders player that he's been and everything that oh, he's done yeah. for the club. But it does get to a point where you're like, Jared, my bro, you need to uh, step aside and let some of these young kids come through because they're the future. Can I can exactly. I ask a question, boys? At what point draft do you start to go, hmm, do I take a punt on me being completely wrong on Jared Croker and him maybe bouncing back? If we pick like seven, pick seventeen would be the only pick for me. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 and do, even do, then, even then I'm not sure. Do you reckon he will last that long? I mean, mate, uh, in saying that, if the Canberra Raiders get back to where they were two years ago, which the squad is exactly the fucking same, dare I say the forward pack might be better, he's still a goal kicker in a team that could do reasonably well. I mean, like, I, I'm I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here, but, I mean, God, he's a guy that if he, even if he doesn't get back to his full self, if he gets back to 60 70% of himself and he's goal kicking, I don't know. It's a nostalgic, it's a nostalgic pick for mine. If yeah. you're picking him, you're hoping that he gets back there, but he won't. I mean, there was there was times last year where he was kicking, you know, six goals, 
and getting 28 points. Yeah, right. And, and I think like one of the things that they were forcing their hand to pick him is they didn't really have any other kicking options. So they were getting Rapan to kick and, and all that. Now they've got Fogarty in the team. It's going to be it's going to be focused a bit more on Croker's ability to play centre more than having him as the club captain and the and um, kick, goal kicker. So, yeah, I think there's a bit more into it than than that. And yeah, I feel like he might start the season, but yeah, it might fall away um, and give rise to one of those younger fellows. I really like Tom Starling though. I think he's mm. definitely a black book. Um, yeah, and I, I'm I'm huge on him. Like I, I just, I just feel like he's a, he's a future, future of the club. Yeah, and well, um, we might even get word that you know Hodgson's going to move on before then. If that happens, you know, and we've talked about this. When well, we is that, is hundred? Yeah, hundred percent Tom, Tom, Tom Starling could be the you know top six hooker for Super. And, and Hodgson's hundred percent gone in twenty twenty three. Like he's yeah. bound, he's gone. So. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of word around the water coolers that um, he might be heading to the Knights this season. Don't know how much um, is in that, but that would be a good move. Um, it'd be a bit tough to uplift your family for a year and do a, a bit of a bunny hop between teams. But um, look, we've seen other guys do it to chase the, chase the cash. So he has, also, space. Uh, he has also got his little cousin up there as well. Um, from mm. over there in England. And I'm, mate, I, I also think with Newcastle, if they have one more injury... I mean, they're desperate now, but I mean, if they do have a bad injury one run once the season starts, and I'm sure there'll be a point where Ricky Stewart will go, fuck it. I mean, you're not going to be here next year. My 14's probably a better nine in the modern game, especially yeah. with the forward pack I've got now. So, yeah, I, I don't mind Tom Starling as, you know, I, I, I went to say stash then, but you're obviously going to have to get him earlier than what you normally would for a, a stash sort of guy. So there, there's a bit in it. It's probably a bit too much for me, but if it's a punt that pays off for you, it could be anything. Oh, mate, 100%. I mean... He averaged, what, 30 to 40 last season? So not, like, unless people are looking at him or they've done the um, they've done their homework with their pre-draft list, he might slip a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and the way I, that I, I, would, I don't think, yeah, no, go. I don't think you'll be there on your bench. I don't think you'll be able to pick him on your bench. I yeah. think someone's going to take him earlier than that, which is, yeah. to be honest, that's probably a little bit too early for me. But and, and it might be, I tell you what, you pick up a guy like McInnes or someone like that, and you circle back and get a Starling. That's a pretty good play. Yeah, if it works out, it's mm. if it, but but at the same time, if it doesn't work out, you know, you could have your AE fisted all fucking year. Looking at some of the scores. He's yeah, true that, true that. Um, so there, there, there's a bit in it. You've got to, but one, once again, this is you know, it's these gambles and things fall your way where all of a sudden a draft comp can be yours in a split second. But put it this way, you, Mate, especially, you, yeah, you, you, you're not going to waiver someone all year better than Tom Starling playing 80 minutes. So if it does play out for you no. and you use a 12, 13 round pick, I mean, yeah, it's a punt though. It's a big hypothetical, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and. Pfft. Well, especially when you're playing in like a 12-man, 14-man, 16-man league, like you have to make these punts um, and there's just nice. nothing left. Like if you're in a 14-man yeah. league like you are, Guru, the waiver is just fuck this fuck all there. Yeah, and I mean, mate, he doesn't even have to get traded, Josh Hodgson. He could get injured. All of a sudden, you've got yourself a premium nine that, I mean, as Wooker said, if you have got another nine, all of a sudden you've got the best trade bait in rugby league. Yeah, in, in fact, you're probably going to trade your first hooker. Yeah, you'd, 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 you'd give off McInnes because you'd be able to get him, send him off for a premium. Yeah. All right, boys, let's get to the Bulldogs now. The Bulldogs are a very interesting NRL side for Supercoach. Uh, not only have they got some big signings like Matty Burton, Fox, Brett Naden, Dufty, Paul Vaughan, TPJ, Braden Burns, but they also have some of the sexiest strength of schedule you'll see in 2022 for Supercoach. So a team that, what were they? I think they were the 15th best scoring. No, they were 16th. So they were the worst scoring team um, for Supercoach points in 2021. You would think they jump up at least four spots. Uh, I think they'll have a lot more attack in them. Um, there's plenty of guys here I I'm interested in. I mean, Guys like TPJ and, uh, you know, Dufty, Birdo, they'll all go, you know, relatively early because 
everyone's pretty pretty hyped up about them. But Aaron Shoup is a really interesting name. Um, I've heard you talk about him, Guru. Uh, Wook and I are really big on him as well. Yeah. Um, another season under his belt, another preseason. I think this kid could be anything on this left edge. Yeah, look, I, I really like him, but... Mate, from what I've gathered, a lot of Canberra people seem to be convinced he's going to be on the right, which I don't personally like. Um, and, mate, if Brett Naden's at left centre, like uh, seemingly every Canterbury person I talk to is believing, oh, I probably have Naden on top of him solely because of the position that where position. he's going to be. Oh, I agree. It is, it is that left centre spot that really is... Um, what you're buying there for yep. your super coach. Um, oh, he's a very talented player, Aaron Shoup, and the main thing is that left-center spot. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Shoup late and he's playing on the right side and you think Canterbury's going to be a good footy team, well, you know, once again, they're probably he's only, you know, a couple of, of, of losses away from maybe being moved around again. I mean, his base was 34 last year. Pretty damn solid, even on the right it's side. Good for his yeah. yeah, even on the right side, I'm going to back him to score more than three tries, which is what he scored last year and finished with an average of um, 44. So, I mean, if he if he's playing on the right side and he stays there all year, worst case scenario, and he's your fourth CTW, um, I definitely think you could do worse. No, I agree. Now, another guy I'm really big on, Paul Vaughan. So, he's coming into this side. It's going to be a redemption year for him. Um one-year contracts, uh, you know, the whole barbecue scandal with the Dragons. I can just see him getting back to that 60-plus average from a couple of years ago. Oh, I love that his back's against the wall. It's pull your finger out of your ass or go to England, which I think is just unreal. Um, yeah, I, I like him. I I still I, – I think it's a gamble to take a – punt on a front rower like I, I want to get value for him because if I take a punt and then I've got a front rower that's not fucking doing anything for me it's a nightmare and there are enough other good forwards in that team that if he's not going well they can replace him but mm. I, I think he will do well um, the other thing I would say about Paul Vaughan got a really good offload Tavita's got a good offload Raymond Fatale mm. Marin has got a good offload if you are in the fullback race and you shit the bed you miss all the good guys I don't love him, but I think late that you could do worse than Dufty in this side. I still think he will have performances that he's well under the radar. Oh, mate, he's well and truly under the radar. I don't like him. I don't mm. think he's a great footballer. I'm not confident he holds the jersey all year, but it seemingly looks like to me like Canterbury couldn't think of anything worse but to have Kyle Flanagan in the seven, which kind of locks Avarillo in there. He's the main threat to Dufty for me. So I, I just think that Dufty he could. I mean, mate, uh, as much as St. George sucked last year, tell me any game, like, name a game that they won that wasn't because of Matt Dufty, essentially, you know? Oh, mate, it was, it was, it was the Dufty. Too. Yeah. yeah it was the Dufty hunt show. Yeah, and with, with the amount of guys in there that are offloaders, the 5'8", he's a run-first guy, Dufty will just be sniffing around on everything. I mean, he's still finished with a 68-point average. I mean, mate, you could get Dufty, you know, five rounds after... Five or six rounds after these premium fullbacks, he's going to average, you know, I I think he can average 70 points next year. So, I mean, a, a, a Guffo who I think will average 80, he'll go five rounds before Dufty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's I valuable. Think, is it, isn't Dufty a bit of an auto-draft auto nightmare? <laughs> yeah, but mate, what do you I, mean? Oh, because of his average from last year. Yeah, he's pretty draft list. You'd be picking him in round three by accident. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But that's why if you fucking play draft and you listen to us, you got your pre-draft list sorted, haven't you? Exactly. Um, so anyone else you want to talk about? Any stack options? I mean, we're obviously harping on about this left edge. TPJ with anyone is going to be a nice stack. Um, you're probably going to be hard-pressed to get Birdo and TPJ because their value is going to be pretty high. Um, you'd probably have to go maybe TPJ in round three and then hope that Matty Burton's there in round four. Yeah, I, I probably don't think Burton will last till round four in a deep league, to be honest with you. I think that, um, you know, he has got that high-end potential, so people will chase the potential. I also think that as much as it would be a nice stack to have, like, good God, it's a big punt to have on TPJ, who has been the king of inconsistency for a long time. I love him. I think he's a good footballer. But 
I, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And at 120 kilos and eight foot fucking seven, I'll give you a hint. I can't throw him very far. You pair him up with Matt Burton, who's, you know, yes, I love Burton. Great footballer once again, but he's coming from playing centre in the best edge in rugby league and the best team in rugby league, coming to a team who, in my opinion, they have a centre playing halfback, a coach that has shown he's erratic as all hell. They've won a handful of games in the last two years. It's a lot to pick two guys as a combo that you're going to have to pick in the first four rounds for me from Canterbury? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sexy names there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, if it works the, out for you, sensational, but yeah. fuck, it's a pun. Yeah, 100%. I, the, the one guy I really, really do like is um, Big RFM. Not mm-hmm. only um, do I like the style of play that he is, um, and I think his game is really conducive to super coach points, but his strength of schedule, not only for the Bulldogs, but for that right edge um, back rower spot is really good. So I do like RFM and he's a type of player that people aren't thinking about as much anymore because he's been off the scene for a season and a bit. So I think he's a guy that probably could slip in leagues and you could get value for him. Well, that that, that could be a real late sort of stack if you were to go and Aaron Shoup and him. Um, I mm. wouldn't mind that. It'd have to be late. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of gamble in it, but... You're right. If RFM manages to slip to you grabbing him on, on your bench and, you know, you, you can get shoot there too, I uh, I don't mind it. Wilco, what about any statistical stacks for the finals um, for the Bulldogs? Because I know they're – I think they've got the best strength of schedule from round 21 to 24. They do. They've got the best strength of schedule. And, look, you got the – the right side has worked out for um, strength of schedule because you got the right to RF um, is second – so that's Raymond Fasala Mariner. And then you've got all of the, um, like you've got the right CTW um, and the uh, right center and right wing. So whether it's going to be Ockenborough or Corey Allen, not sure yet. And whether it's going to be Naden or Shop in the center spot on that right side. So yeah, stacking between those guys and looks like statistically the way to go. But obviously we know that they're going to be funneling a lot of their traffic down that left edge. Yeah, nice. And I look, it, they probably will be dominant on that left edge, but we have talked about teams that are really dominant in attack on, on one edge. The defences tend to sort of stack up their defence to, to counteract that, and it can open up that other attacking edge. So if that's the case and defences are really stacking their, their edge to try and stop Matt Burton and TPJ and, and Fox out in that, that side then it may open up over for RFM over the, on the right and shoot if he is to play there. I think one of the interesting um, pickups that they've had in the off-season is Braden Burns. And I'm wondering if he, he does play a bit of a part in the season. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash spoken today. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a backlog. I'm probably more for depth. What do you think you're No, I, I personally think Braden Burns is done. Um, a couple of years ago, I was very high on him, but and his body just keeps letting him down. I'm, I'm, I'm very worried about the future of Braden Burns. I, I think he might find himself in England pretty soon. I think you got, mate, there's a young bloke there, uh, Paul Alamotti, who uh, you know they've got so many centres there that I don't know if he plays this year, but I think that he'll be absolutely giving it to Braden Burns at training day to day. So I'm, yeah, I've liked Braden Burns for a long time, but I just think the injuries have just taken a toll on him. To be honest with you. He sort of had that one really sexy season and everyone's been chasing that since. It just hasn't come. His stats last year were atrocious. They were fucking atrocious, like compared to what he'd done previously. And I mean, that was in, whenever he came in, he played left center. I mean, like he was in the, like that's the best possible spot. It's the the Ferrari spot in that team. Oh, mate, absolute. It's, you know, I'm actually having a look at his numbers now. His base wasn't as bad as I thought, but. I just I can't see him beating any of these guys out for a spot. I think they're going to need mass fucking injuries, and then I still don't think he's uh, the player that he used to be. Realistically, 
Yeah, nah, fair. All right, boys, let's move on to the next team. Sharks, another really sexy super coach side for 2022. So the big ins here, Cam McInnes, Nico Hines, uh, Delphinukin, and Matt Ikevalu. Uh, Off-contract players, nothing really to look at here. Your boy, Matty Moylan, in a contract year, Guru, are you excited? My, my what, sorry? Excited about Matty Moylan? Oh, I think I've actually I've distanced myself from uh, my boy, Bullshit. I think. Yeah, I, I think Bullshit. this is the year that I'm... Cu- I'm actually hoping that by me cutting him loose, uh, he will brain it. But, yeah, I... I uh, you guys have got him in at six here. I'm not convinced he does. I'm, I'm, I keep hearing mixed reports over who the halves going to be. I, I don't think uh, Fitz, he's probably worked it out himself yet. But I just think Braden Trindle is probably the guy at seven. I don't want to see Nico Hines there. I just don't think Moisar um, is worth the gamble. I mean, you guys have been saying that for five years and I've been ignoring you. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Look, we will see once I'm a few bourbons deep on draft day and he's sitting there and uh, we'll see. You'll how we draft go. him, mate. You'll fucking draft him. Don't worry about that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, it, it does sound like they're setting up this way because there's all this talk about Nico Hines playing halfback with the seven on his back, which that, that just screams that Mott Moylan's going to be the six for me because – if you were to play Braden Trindle in the side, he would be the seven and you would have Nico Hines at six. Well, that would make the most sense anyway. So it might be that they're going to start the year like this and give Moisa the go. And if it doesn't work out, of course, they've got, you know, they've got some depth there to, to bring in. So I don't know. There's, there's a few really interesting names here. I just loved Connor Tracy last year. I had him in my side. Walker and I were sucking his dick all year, and he and he just kept delivering. He just kept delivering. Obviously, he's going to be a jewel. Um, CTW 5.8, we love that. Um, what's your thoughts on Connor Tracy, Guru? Yeah, big fan. Uh, love what he did last year. He's he's just a, he's just a goer, isn't he? Small sky on the field, but uh, makes a huge impact. Tracy's obviously the jewel is massive. I still like Jesse and Ra- uh, Jesse Ramian as much as Sean Johnson won't be there. Um, I still like Ramian. I, I don't mind the Ramian Katoa stack there, but I- I'm I just don't know how their attack's going to look. I'm confident they're going to be a top six team, just co- uh, a, a top eight team anyway, just because they got so many great defensive units in this side. But they sort of remind me of the Canberra Raiders when it comes to Supercoach a little bit. There's Outside of like having the high potential of a Nico Hines, uh, I just, there's too many, it's too many forwards here that worry me. I noticed you got Jaden Beryl in Jersey 14. Uh, I really like Jaden Beryl. I, I personally don't think he will get a spot. I think they'll run with the exact bench you've got there, but I think they'll run with a Tolman or a Fafita realistically. Um, so, so in my opinion, Jaden Beryl won't be there, which makes Blake Braley a little bit interesting. I, I just think at some point Blake Braley is, is going to have a big season where he runs a heap and shows us the hooker that he was coming through the juniors. But whether that's 2022, 2023, 2024, fucking God knows, you know. But I, I think there will be a year when someone in your comp gets Blake Braley and it pays big dividends. Outside of that, I just think there's too many mouths to feed. I think Cam McInnes will start slow. I think he'll finish strong. But everyone else, I don't know. I just there's so many good forwards in this side, isn't there? Oh mate, it's it's it, like you said. It's like the Raiders. There's just so many forwards there that will most likely, you know, share minutes. I mean, Wade Graham is a stay away for me with those head knocks. I mean, he literally he's one glancing blow away from his career being over, so mm. I wouldn't be picking him. Britton Nakora will probably be, you know, that 80-minute edge back role, but he's only a bad game away from Sifatalakai starting there. Um, I love Teague Wilton. Um, I would be stashing him. He's a great bench spot for me because I don't think Wade Graham lasts the year. Um, he's, a, he's, a 50, he's a 55 to 60 point player every day of the week. He's sleep. He's a very good player, mm. and he's, his game does translate nicely into super coach points. So I think he's a great stash. Now, here's a question. You think it's hard trying to pick it, what fucking edge Rapane and Kotrick will play? Or what edge do you think Katoa and Ronaldo Militalo are going to play, Guru? Uh, I think Katoa will line up on the right. And I think Mulatalo will be on the left. Once again, just vibe. 
Um, hasn't Katoa been on the right for the last few years? I, I, I've never really owned either of them, to be honest with you. Mate, they have swapped and they've swapped often. Most of the yeah, season okay. last year at right, Katoa did. Um, but yeah, they, they, they did swap at the very start of the season a lot. Um, and I think a bit of that was due to um, some of the changes in the, the team structure. But look, yeah, I think I think both um, wing spots are guys I'm looking at because Militaro played bloody good towards um, just in the lead up to his injury. But um, Katoa is a noted try scorer. He's going to be on the back end of a lot of those sweet movements to the right. So, yeah, he's definitely the, one I'm looking at. And the thing is, like, obviously on the left there, if Matt Moylan is playing six, you got Matt Moylan. He's got a, a lovely silky ball. Uh, he'll be using Connor Tracy. And when, once Connor Tracy gets the ball, he's another half. Yeah. You know, and so that puts the defense in two, three minds, and then you've got you know Ronaldo Mortello out there, who we know is a, a noted finisher. So I'm with you, Wook. I love both wingers, um, and to be honest, I don't really care which which one I get. Because on the other side of the field, you're going to have Nico Hines feeding the ball, and I mean, how many tries did Nico get um, last year? And he wasn't even in the halves. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling good about the Sharks. Um, obviously, there's guys that we can get late but um, like you said Guru question marks on how they're going to all line up I really do like Will Kennedy and he comes up a lot when you're talking about strength of schedule actually most of these Sharks players come up when you're talking about strength of schedule Sharks are the kings for final strength of schedule Um, Nico Hines has the best strength of schedule of any right half and then you partner that with the Sharks beautiful run as well he's very sexy um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to know because I think some of these guys you're going to have to go overs on. Um, but for those black book guys, definitely Teague Wilton, Connor Tracy, and the wingers, Katoa and Bulatalo for me. Guru, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I probably, I'm not going to go too deep on any of these guys. I'm probably not going to target too many of them or if any of them because I just don't, I just don't trust how Cronulla's going to play. I, you know, fuck it. I just think this team is... It almost looks like it's built to win games ten eight, and I, I just yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah. I, I just don't trust the way that they're going to attack. Craig Fitzgibbon has been a defensive coach for a long time. I also think the other thing with Craig Fitzgibbon is that he's walking out of a system that you know the last few years all he's known is teams led by Cooper Cronk, Luke Keary. That he's always had Victor Radley in thirteen. He walks into this team without an established halfback, without a thirteen that can ball play. So I just think. Attacking-wise, there could be issues, but I, I, I think their defense will be good enough to get them into the finals, but that doesn't fucking help you super coach wise So, yeah, I, I think I'll let a lot of these guys slide. I'll let someone else deal with it. Just, just having a look at this forward pack, I mean, the team that you've named is sensational, and the guys that aren't in it are Andrew Fafida, uh, Aiden Tolman, and um, the other big front rower is in there either. Royce Hunt, Jack Williams isn't there too. Well, so. I, I'm going to be on the bench. What's that? Royce Hunt, yeah. Um, and they got Ueli on the bench. Like it's, it, it's a stacked team with the big boys, the big boppers. So, yeah, it could be the case that they'll be running with four four big, big boppers on the bench. Yeah. Um, Hamlin, Ueli, Tolman and Royce Hunt, and maybe either a Teague Walton and a T- Talakai. Well, we haven't said the name Talakai enough yet, just quietly. Is this the... Oh, we, we're going we're gonna to talk about Talakai. We're we going to blow up Talakai. Is this the year that, that we ignore him, we leave him, and he just pulls yes. our pants down and kills it? <laughs> Fucking hell, I remember that round where you were just just stinging his name from the fucking mountaintops. <laughs> Did, didn't... Didn't everyone jump all over you five minutes into that game? Oh, God. Uh, Guru's copping it hard here. <laughs> did he end up keeping his jewel this year? Uh, he must have, uh, I think. I think so. Yeah, right. All right, maybe uh, I'll take classic. back everything I've ever said. I'll be back nah, on the uh, Super Talakai train. Do it, back him. Yeah. Back him. Can't oh, wait till I get back from draft draft again, hungover as fuck, jump on the first podcast and go, well, I got Talakai and I got Moisa, so <laughs> it's deja vu all I over really again. Ha- I really hope you do. I really hope you do. <laughs> it wouldn't be a guru team without him, to be honest. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's be brutally honest. Here. You need him in your side. Oh, fuck. Good God. Mm. 
Well done, boys. Yeah, we had four yeah. teams. We were, we were going to do eight. There's no way we're going to be able to do that. Um, it's an hour into this podcast. So let's just do four at a time, and we'll just spread out these um, these podcasts over the next few weeks. What do you think? Yep. Smart footy. Smart footy. Percentages kicking into the corners. I like it. Oh, God. Okay. Stealing all your fucking quotes. Very Adam Reynolds over there, just quietly. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm going to change my tune now that we've got a premier Arthur. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Guru, thanks for stopping by, mate. As always, you rub the skin off it. Um, you're very astute at your rubbing these days. It's very good. Rub with the very best of them. Cheers, boys. Mm. No worries. Cheers, buddy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.